Hello, and welcome to Miss D's Lunacy. My guest today is enchanting. She is a hybrid Londoner and an American that has lived an extraordinary life, weekending at Leeds Castle, the most beautiful castle in Kent. Through her career as an interior designer, she masterfully orchestrates the marriage of her clients' art with their home decor. She has gained a stellar reputation on both sides of the Atlantic, and here to tell her fabulous stories is April Russell. Hi, Misty. Great to be here today. Oh, it's wonderful. I'm so glad to be in London with you and to be in these wonderful, beautiful studio here called Sonic Studio. And it's just extraordinary what you've been doing because your whole life is, you've been here forever. And I have to remember that I was your first client when we were in college. That was too long ago. It doesn't matter. You look <laughs> as young as could be. And we did some of my curtains for my apartment. That we did, didn't we? Yes. That was. And we that were, must have been 45 years ago. We were pals with Jan and, and Scott and everybody. We were running around for years as best of friends. Now, your grandfather was English. My grandfather was English, and he came over to the United States to work on oil rigs. He was a trained engineer, London University. And the story goes that he pitched a tent in the middle of America, and he and his friend and his dog lived that way until he hit some hit some oil, and uh, his wow. residential means changed um, dramatically. dramatically. But anyway, uh, yes, he lived out there and married my grandmother, who's from Texas, and he traveled backwards and forwards, and then they had my father. And as a young boy, they used to travel backwards and forwards to London, to a place called Berkhamsted, where the family home was. So my father had great memories growing up there with all these cousins, because he was an only child. So interesting. You sort of followed in the same pattern. Well, it's quite odd, because years later, very many years later, I came to London, and I absolutely loved it. And lo and behold... Three years later or so, I married my first husband and really didn't look back. His American cousins were the Whitneys from Long Island. Correct. And Jock Whitney came to England to be ambassador to the court of St. James. Yes, yes. And he was a publisher of the New York Herald Tribune and the president of the Museum of Modern Art. Incredible, amongst many other things that he was yeah, involved in. Yeah, I mean, Eisenhower appointed him. And then don't you have the deans or cousins of yours as the well? The deans, well, they were, it was their home in Berkhamsted, which my father used to go and stay. And all those boys were all at Oxford at the time. And my here was this little spoiled brat that came over from America. <laughs> <laughs> but it's obviously in the genes. Yes, and also Rupert Dean was married to Nina Campbell. Exactly. Who's a famous, famous designer herself. She is indeed. She is indeed. So she's related to you in some capacity. Well, yes, that might be stretching a bit. (laughs) But it's extraordinary how your father went from England to America, and David's family are his American cousins. Yes. We're we're people from Long Island where we all grew up. Exactly. It's an extraordinary story. Now, David's grandmother bought Leeds Castle in 1921, I believe. And it is considered the most beautiful castle in, I mean, it supersedes Windsor. Yes. And you spent every weekend there. Well, we... What a privilege. We did, and uh, it had 
a huge impact on my creativity and my and my eye. I mean, to see it to be part of a, a family who had this beautiful castle and the decorator Andre Boudin, Boudin yeah. from Janssen in Paris did all my husband's grandmother's homes, whether it was in London or whether it was in Nassau. I mean, obviously he at that time, as we know of his history and who he decorated for, he was a very busy guy. Very talented and buying the most wonderful things all over the world. And so it was a good eye-opener. And prior to that, I'd been to Inchbold School of Design in central London. So I, I my some of my training was there and at Sotheby's. And so by the time few years rolled on, I was getting quite a bit of experience under my belt. And I think, right. I think to train your eye, the more you can see, the better it is. Right. And you worked for Pierce? Whom? Pierce Westenholtz? Yes. Uh, Pierce is an uh, antique dealer, and he had a shop probably 30 years ago, heavens, 30 years ago in the Pimlico Road. And I went to go work with him. He was he and his wife were great friends of ours. It was wonderful. He threw me in the deep end, and <laughs> he gave me a client. Wonderful Swedish uh, couple, and I helped him with that. And then I went on to do other things. And then you worked it with Percy Bass. I worked at Percy Bass for seven years, and that was lots of fun. It really was fun. And again. She threw you in the deep end. You just had to get on with it. But the most important thing at that time that I learned was that it's who you have working for you that makes you. Because if you got shoddy people, you're just not going to make it. And we were very lucky to always work with great people. Yeah, a lot of people are very confused. They don't know what they want. Mm. And that's really difficult because you're running around and they keep saying, I don't know. People have to have sort of a definite sort of idea. But what I think of your concept, which is you're a member of the BIID, is that correct? Correct. So after working with Percy, then you started your own company because you really had it under your belt. Yes. You then combine, which I think is so extraordinary, the antiques and modern things. Mm -hmm. It's the, actually the correct thing to do, in my opinion. Mm. And I love that. Don't you love the fact that you can mix and match? That's what makes something very unusual. Well, I'll tell you my thinking is that if you go into, in other words, you go into a room, a cocktail party, and there's one age group, I mean, that could be, you know, a little boring. But if you have a room full of young and old and international, it makes for a really great party. And that's how I sort of think about interiors. You've got to mix things in. They've got to be harmonious together it's so much fun to go into an interior and go on a journey and so many interiors today are so boring because they're meant to be a take on a hotel and I think hotels are great to stay in occasionally but I don't want to live in one thank you very much I want to live with accent pieces pieces that tell a story and that's what we do best so what I thought was so interesting is that you actually travel with your clients so tell me some of these trips that were so magnificent that you were telling me before. Well, they are so much fun. <clears throat> and th those came about, again, because working with clients, I like them to participate in the journey, not just sitting there writing out checks and waiting for the delivery dates. I like to get them involved. So I might be, for example, I'll have some curtains for a particular job being made up, and I might choose the fabric from somewhere where it's going to be printed up, um, especially for us, and the colors, we choose the colors. 
So it's so interesting to go and see that process. So you went to, for instance, with one of your clients, you went for three weeks to India. I put a group of people together, my contacts. So that was such fun. We went all around India. You know, you name it. We saw everything from rug dealers to metal workers and so on. And it was a lovely experience. I'd never actually been to India before in my life. But I had, it was my first experience, and I worked with a woman called Jilly Kitching from Inspiration events. We worked together to put this trip together. And I said to her, this is what I want to do. This is the focus of this trip. And we had a brilliant time. And in fact, it was such a great success. Then thereafter, I went to, I took a group for a much shorter trip because three weeks, a lot of people don't have that time. And we went for a long weekend to Lisbon, to Sintra, to Cascais in uh, Portugal. And that was you know, it's terrific. They have beautiful porcelain there, don't they? they have porcelain, and we went to the Espirito <clears throat> Santos Foundation where they have about 30 artisans working in different studios from people that are specialists in marquetry, in leather work, in metal work, and it was just brilliant seeing these old techniques That's of people creating. And it's not just something that arrives on your table. The time and the effort and the love that goes into each piece, I think, should be appreciated. And how in the world is it shipped? I mean, in containers, obviously. Oh, yeah. Just, I, I use a fantastic shipping company. and But nowadays, you know, people are, do a brilliant job of moving artwork around or, you know, whatever. You do something with artwork as well, April, do you not? Well, I it's a focus for my clients. I think, as you were saying before, you want to start somewhere. Exactly. And I start with my clients on what their collections are. And nowadays, people are collecting art like they're yeah. collecting, I don't know, stamps. And so a client is going to have a collection. It may be small, but they'll have something. So that's a really good place to start. Focal point. It's a focal point. And so that client may be wishing to grow that collection. And of course, we can help with that. But what we do is we focus on what they have, where we decide where they want to hang it, how it is lit. Some cases it can be difficult because you may be in a listed building and you can't put in special lights, special picture lights. But there's always a way around it, and a, and a picture that's not lit properly or protected properly is a disaster. If you, you know, you might see something, a painting in somebody's house, and then they move, and it's moved to a completely different place, which has got much better light, and you think, oh, I never noticed that painting before. So it's really important that, and also protecting the art. But again, that's where we go back and our our focus is on that, or it may be sculpture or whatever. It gives some meaning. It gives you a boundary, boundaries and a platform to work from. And you said lighting is very important. And also went to Lyon. That is a trip that we have in the making. Lyon, oh. which, you know, Lyon is very famous for their beautiful textiles. Yes. Also their food. So that would come in rather nice, too. Wow. To go to some wonderful restaurants. But, uh, yes, that's in the making, that trip. Well, that's incredible. Last year you did a talk here. It's a panel discussion, right? Yes. And I went to it. And where was it? It was a wonderful place. Oh, we did it at Olympia. <laughs> you did it at Olympia, yes, yes. in London. At, in London. And we do it with, I do it with other people. We collaborate usually with a lighting expert, a framer, an artist, a gallerist. 
And so it's fun to have different people projecting their input into the whole process. I think it can be very one-sided to hear just one person, but how how interesting it can be when you're collaborating and you exchange ideas. It's a lot more energy uh, to do it that way. And of course, I have to collaborate with all sorts of tradesmen on, on jobs. The art is a great subject. Everybody seems to be carried away with art more so now than ever before, probably because it's a great investment or can be a great investment if you're careful on what you buy. And so you're seeing people buy, you know, you're seeing fairs. The fair is one fair finishes and another one starts. I mean, it's it's crazy, really. The talks are wonderful. And I went to Atlanta last autumn and I collaborated with a the gallerist and a framer there. And that was really interesting. And so we try and do that to bring different energy into the business and we designed furniture. Oh, this is fascinating what you started doing. Yes. How did that come about? Because some of the furniture is fantastic. I mean, you, I love what you've done. It'll all be on your website, which, of course, we'll tell everybody about it. But you designed the most incredible furniture. Well, it's again, it's so inspiring to get into the process. And, of course, you know, ever, most designers are going to be designing a sofa at least that's going to be the first thing that they ever do. And where do you get all this made? Well, it depends. It depends if I'm working in America or whether I'm in England. And I use different people because they're different. For example, for upholstery, different upholsters have their different techniques. So you have to pick and choose. Yes, every designer works starts with, with doing a sofa. But then, you know, you get in, uh, you're working with different projects and to me, it's a bit odd that you're buying another specialist piece of furniture, and I'm the designer. I should be designing the furniture. Exactly. You have a bunny bar. <laughs> My bunny bar, yes. That's... It's hysterical. Yeah. Well, the story behind that, <laughs> bu- that bunny bar is quite fun. I was doing a, a property in Palm Beach, and I was buying... We bought most of the furniture in the UK and had it shipped over. And I know wow. that sounds very expensive, but at the time, the sterling was... Uh, was not very strong and a bit like it is now, unfortunately. And so I found at this dealer that I buy a lot from that they had this French rattan wardrobe. And I thought, oh, this would be great as the outer shell of this bunny bar. (laughs) (laughs) It was wonderful. And I loved it so much. I thought, I have to copy it. I've got to copy this concept that I've got. I made a pair in New York with a metal finish, which was absolutely stunning. And then for myself, I made the bunny bar with the rattan. And it's great because you can use it as a television cabinet. You can use it as a bar. It's terrific. It's chic. It's chic. I just love the why you called it that. Yeah. Well, you know, I had to give names to everything. So, I don't know. I thought of the Playboy bunnies hanging out at the bar. So, (laughs) that's how it got its name. That's so funny. And you did a rotating bookshelf. Now, that's interesting. Well, that's, that's, yes. I mean, you don't, if you're feeling lazy and you've got the cocktail in one hand, you don't want to be walking around your, your, so it's like a lazy Susan. You know, you had those in America, you know, you just sort of twirl it around. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, you don't have to go anywhere. You can just sit there. You need your butler, of course, to bring your drink. But <laughs> <laughs> And what, you didn't name that anything. Oh, I did. I can't remember all the names of these pieces. but It's um, incredible. And then you've done chairs. Yes, and chairs. And it's dining tables, dining chairs, 
armchairs, sofas, and I haven't gotten into textiles. It's something that I played with, and who knows, I might do that one day. Rugs, I've designed rugs. Wow. Yeah, for a New York, another New York job, I wanted a rug to look like the light bouncing off water. You know how beautiful yes, that is? Yes. Oh, in that sort of late afternoon, and you get that twinkling. And so that was quite a big project, designing that. Stark Carpet did that for me in uh, New York, and they did a beautiful job. But was it a large piece? Oh, he- yeah. It's huge. a bit huge. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. They, that, takes, that takes about 25 weeks to have something like that made. No. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. 20, yeah, 20 weeks. Wow. Like These people have to be patient. They have to be patient, and that's why you have to be so organized in the beginning of a job. It's quite complicated doing a good job at interior design because you gotta, you have your fingers in so many different piles and keep track of, of what you're doing and agreements with the client so that there's not going to be an unpleasant situation somewhere down the road. And What if they don't like something that you... Well, we have drawings for everything, and we wow. have prices, and we explain, and uh, we can sometimes do a, a small example for them, particularly in carpeting. We always do that. We do a small example, so there's no doubt about it. But, yeah, you know, if you have a client that can't really get his or her head around something, it's risky. It is. I've been always lucky, and either there's the trust there, of which there is, because somebody's not going to part with their money to me unless they trust me, or any designer, frankly. If you don't have a good feeling about that, then you better be running out the front door ASAP. (laughs) (laughs) People could be very difficult. Yes, we've we've had a few of those, but not not many really. You know, I have to say, in all the 25 years that I've been working, I have never had a truly nightmare client. They've been sometimes a bit tricky, but that's character. Yeah. And I've, you know, touch wood, I've never had a, a debt from a, a client. And there are lots of designers that have a lot of trouble with that. I know, but you love these panel discussions. I love going back to the panel discussions. Are you going to do fun. one this year as well? We don't have any planned at the moment, but, you know, we've been quite busy finishing up some projects, and I get so into that. And then right. when there's a bit of a dull, I think of some more creative work to do. And You're so clever. Well, I don't know if I'm clever, but I, I need stimulation, and I get very excited by creating. And if it's creating an interior, or it's creating a piece of furniture, or it's planning a trip with a group of people that are interested, I get so much out of that, and and so do they, and I want to give them pleasure and fun. Good for you. I think not everybody can be an interior designer. I can tell you that. Not everybody has the eye. No. Well, I think you, you have it in your soul. My father had, he had an eye, and I learned a great deal from him. I didn't, he wasn't teaching me, but you soak it up, and you listen, and you see the way he would place furniture. And, of course, the f- placing furniture was always hilarious because he'd do it after having a million cocktails. <laughs> and in the middle of the night, he couldn't sleep because he'd be having his cocktails. And he'd move the furniture around. He'd come down. You couldn't even recognize the room because it was completely different than it was the day before. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> How did he do all that by himself? God only knows. I don't know. My poor mother, I think, occasionally was brought in to move something. But, I mean, you know, That's really. That's wonderful. <laughs> And you had your father only had girls. He only had girls. That's right. And my, I have another sister who's very talented, 
And she was really designed carpets, but she also designed interiors. And I think that she, I wish that she had developed that more, but she was, her focus was designing designing carpets and I think it's wonderful yeah she did specialist paint work on boxes and frames and all that she went to the Isabella something in New York which was a great success and and she really enjoyed that and she's so talented and so are you so there's a lot of great talent in your family well I guess so it runs in your DNA I'm very good at telling people what to do I'm not very good (laughs) at doing it myself (laughs) well I always talk when I talk to my various clients that that Whatever they are doing, it was meant to be. Yeah. It was. It's in their DNA. Yes, their grandmothers sang or something. But it's, there's always a story about when they were little. Yes, and that's what they did when they were little. Yes, and it was part of their entire life. So that's what's so interesting that mm-hmm. I always bring up. What did you do as a little girl? And yeah. then look at it. It sort of develops into this extraordinary story. Yes, of blossoming into one's own self as you did. Mm-hmm. And you worked for, and some of your things are absolutely divine that you've done. April, your website is aprilrussell.com, yes? Correct, correct. Oh, you have to see this, everybody. It, it is just the bar, the bathrooms, the lighting. It is spectacular what you've done. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. You look at the website and you can click through the pictures in a, or in a brochure and you get flipped through it so quickly, but... To realize that actually the blood, sweat, and tears that have right. gone into it is just like, I can't believe I'm flipping through this, but, uh, you know, one's now, the lived worker, it. the work here is completely, the workers here are different than in America, correct? In terms of style or in terms of, for carpentry work, I mean, it's got to be a little bit different, no? Because there's well, more manual things here, I think. I think... Yes, I mean, you probably, you definitely get more traditional work here. I you can, agree. You can source that. Beautiful, beautiful work. But there's an there's amazing work that comes out of America. You just have to find it. And, of course, in Brooklyn, you know, you have a lot of artisans in, in Brooklyn, which I've come across, and their work is How lovely. do you do all that research? Go on the Internet, you know. Thank and, goodness for that. Yeah, I go on the Internet. Instagram is fantastic. It's great inspiration. I love Instagram. Instagram, I'm absolutely addicted to it. What what does it do, really? I mean, well, I think I'm on Instagram, but I, I don't, <laughs> it's. I thought it was just okay. I'm 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 a visual person, so yeah, that's true. helps me. And you look at the way people do things or colors that you might not that's, think about. It's just it's getting you to places you normally wouldn't get to. You know, um, in a night, I can you know, spend a lot of time on that. That would have taken me a lot in real time. And you get ideas from it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's very clever. And then you go to Brooklyn, a taxi, and find the places. And I find the place. I mean, my first job that I had in Palm Beach, that was really interesting because I needed to find, A, I need to find a builder. B, I need to find a joiner. What's a joiner? A joiner is a cabinet maker. Oh, that's Okay, so joiner, cabinet maker, same thing. It depends which level. So, a uh, cabinet maker. And, I mean, it, he was as surprised as I was that we found each other. He was this wonderful guy in West Palm Beach. He said, well, how'd you hear about me? And I said, I found you on the internet. Now, that is not my scene. I like really word of mouth. Right. But I thought, heck, you know, I'm going to go and check him out. And the website looked pretty good. And I went and I visited him. 
And I was really impressed. And he did the most outstanding job. I mean, I couldn't fault it for a second. He was professional. He was on time. He was everything that you'd want. What did we do before the internet? I know. I know. It's unbelievable. I mean, this is the gateway to so many sources that one can't find Mm -hmm. and could not find earlier. Yes. I don't think the yellow pages exist anymore. (laughs) No, I don't think so. You remember we used to look up phone numbers, you know, repairs and things like that on the yellow page? Yeah. No. I don't think there's ever been one where they don't make them anymore. Well, also calling up the operator and getting a telephone number. Do you know in this country, to call the operator is so expensive. But, of course, you don't need to do that unless, of course, your internet's Why would you call an operator? Well, you know, in the old days, you used to look up Mr. So-and-so, Mr. Gorgeous, (laughs) and 59th, and I don't know, whatever. And now, you know, you can pretty much find all that. We used to call an operator. My mother remembers phone numbers in New York, like Butterfield 8. Oh, yes. Love that. Mayfair or whatever. But you know what upsets me the most is I used to remember everybody's phone number. I don't remember a single person's phone number because it's in your phone. Exactly. And you never look at it. You just push the button. (laughs) So now I feel, okay, I've lapsed of memory. But it's because we don't read them. No. We're so used to everything being fed to us. Isn't that extraordinary? Because mm-hmm. we used to have to wait for the bank to something or mm-hmm. wait for a phone call, but we still all met up somehow. What's next? What's going to be What's going to be I don't know. in 20 years' time? I have no idea. I really don't know. But I just love all these inspirations, and I can't wait to hear about your trip to Lyon. And your website is aprilrussell.com. Is there any other place that they should be looking at you for? Well, we have an Instagram account, so have a look at that. And it's all on my website. And I'm a bit on Facebook, but have a look at the website. It's terrific because we've got some videos on there. Wow. Lots of photographs, the products. So, yeah. And you will continue to go back and forth from London to I love working in America. I absolutely love it. I think the Americans are so efficient. Yeah. So... On time, I find it really effortless working there. Where it here, you know, sometimes to finish a project, you know, you really got to drag people to the finish line and (laughs) hitting them and kicking them all the way. (laughs) I mean, some people must, you know, my tradesmen must get very tired of me. But, you know, at the end of the day, you've got to finish on time. You do. But in America, it's like clockwork. It's clockwork. Isn't that great? So I hope I'll be doing many more projects in America, many more projects here, and collaborating with great artisans, which um, I find so enjoyable. Uh, it's so exciting. What an, what an interesting career. You meet so many different people. You get to know these different people. I know. Well, that's so interesting to meet the artisans and hear their history and what they've done and have their and hear their enthusiasm and yes. love for that trade that they, they've been working in ever since the age of Dot, and probably one of their parents did too. And then you hear about them. And I think going around the world and seeing how people do their different trades is also very interesting. So I think that's really what my business is all about. It's going and finding a special piece that may take you... In another direction altogether. Take you in a different direction. In fact, I'll give you a great example. In the Georgian townhouse on my website, in the hall, we were looking for something to go next to this beautiful photograph of these trees that was taken by the photographer James Harrison, who photographs for the Royal Academy. 
And he's a wonderful professional photographer. Anyway, it's a long corridor, hallway, and something had to be placed next to it. So for a year and a half, we've been looking for something. Wow. And I just thought, is it going to be another photograph? Is it going to be a group of photographs? Is it going to be an oil painting? We did put an oil painting up for the photo shoot, but it, it wasn't right. And all of a sudden... Actually, this is a great thing. On Instagram, about three weeks ago, I'm looking at it, and I uh, go uh, click on one of the dealers that I I use, and he had this really bizarre metal sculpture, and it's it's 1960s, and it was of garden uh, pieces of a fork and a, a wrench and... Not a wrench, because that would be for a car, but all sorts of garden, garden accessories yes. yeah, for yeah, working yeah. in the garden. Quite big. It was about a meter by two meters. Okay. And I thought, this is interesting. This is very so interesting. So you meet the fellow. So I said to him, listen, can you come? Can you bring it over? Let's check it out. Let's see if wow. it's going to work. Well, he got it there. Let me tell you. It's absolutely perfect. Perfect. And I didn't have to... Talk the client into buying a 10,000, 15,000, 100,000 pound painting. We got it for a thousand pounds. Wonderful. It's brilliant and it's fun. And the house is about the garden. So you're being led into the hall with this beautiful photograph of, of trees that actually took a long time to stitch all the photographs of all the leaves together. Wow. This huge piece. And then you walk a little bit further and then you have the garden, the garden tools. All as you're heading towards the garden, it is. It's quite fun. What a great example! Mm, mm. But it's th- worth waiting. It's worth waiting for that special piece because it, it'll come. You just got to keep your eyes open. So you're always on the lookout. I'm always on the lookout. <laughs> Definitely, I get very enthusiastic. And of course, this week, masterpiece in London. Yes, is. Have you gone yet? No, I'm going tomorrow. Actually, I might go with you. Yeah, it's fantastic. And so that, you know, you know, that's another league. But it's it's amazing, again, to go around and get inspiration. And it's been very, very popular. I remember the first time, I think it must have started about seven years ago. And it was quite, it was small, but it was intimate and it was charming. But now it's, it's huge. huge. It's huge. It's, it's absolutely it's quite gigantic. large, I have to say. Well, darling, this has been a delight since I've known you for so long. I adore your children. I was there when they were babies. They are absolute charming. Your grandchildren are beautiful. You're as young as ever. You haven't changed a bit, and you're full of pep and energy and great ideas. Well, thank you, Miss D. And I wish you so the best luck. And, I mean, I'm lucky that I've got some taste, but if I didn't, I would be hiring you. You come to me. (laughs) I've already done a house. I'm very lucky. (laughs) All right, we are ending with my wonderful tale that says, lead us on into temptation. We can find it ourselves. God bless and have a wonderful day. And thank you for listening.